I think this is an appropriate song to sing. This is Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. There's a lot of things that God wants to do today, a lot of friendships that God wants to establish, a lot of amazing things. Beyond what even we think we're coming to something for, there's always something else that God has in mind as well. So always be looking for your divine appointments. Ask God, who am I supposed to meet? Who am I supposed to talk to? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. presence of the Holy Spirit to just make this whole day just go so smoothly and just full of his presence and power. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to begin the program, and I have the great honor of introducing the Bishop of the Jefferson City Diocese, Bishop Sean McKnight. Good morning. 
from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Like the prophets of old, the pro-life movement has been a voice for those too small and unable to speak for themselves. We have stood up to the fallacies underlying the logic of abortion. Thankfully, the Dobbs decision of last summer protects our freedom at the state level to craft laws according to our values which respect the dignity of all human life. However, the Dobbs decision does not mean there is no need for prophetic voices in our day. The residue of the landmark Roe v. Wade decision still plagues our society, as it eroded the culture of life that once held our country together and makes fragile the gains we have secured for the right to life of the unborn in Missouri. Our state laws can change with the will of the people. And for this reason, we need prophets to continue to stand up for the constitutional right to life for all human beings, no matter how small, no matter how young. It is never good, never just, never charitable, and never life-giving to treat an innocent human being as something to be discarded and thrown away. The dignity of our humanity and the fundamental right to life must be recognized above all other rights, no matter what. We stand together this day at a critical juncture in the history of our state and nation our beloved state of Missouri has been a leader in the pro-life movement from the beginning. And we have fought this good fight together as brothers and sisters of different faiths and different races. With the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, abortion will continue to be debated at the state level. And to advance the culture of life, we must at this moment be willing to make the case for life ourselves not only in the important decision-making processes that go on at this Capitol and in the courthouses across the street, but also in our conversations and in our actions in daily life. We must be a people unafraid to stand up for the weakest among us, to give hope and a helpful hand to the young woman tempted or coerced to choose an abortion. We must show women facing an unwanted pregnancy the concrete options for choosing life in our supportive community, including adoption. The choice for life is not only possible, but better for the mother, the father, and the child who is already a part of our community. We must support the dignity of all human life and never tire of the demands of what it means to be pro-life. Our obligations to God and our fellow men and women require that we adhere to the original values of our nation, including the recognition of our God-given right to life. 
May our protection of the weakest among us be our strength as a state and as a nation. And may we never tire of choosing life and rejecting death so that we may enjoy the abundant blessings of life forever. I invite you now to pray with me. O God, creator of all life, earthly and divine, transform the hearts and minds of all government leaders to recognize that the willful destruction of innocent human life in abortion and infanticide is always wrong, a curse and never a blessing. Bless all of those gathered here at this rally for life who stand as prophets to the sacredness of every human life, of the rich and the poor, the sick and the healthy, the young and the old, of every race, nationality, and creed. Open the hearts and minds of those who fail to recognize and defend the fundamental right to life, without which no other rights matter. Father of all people of goodwill, help us, your sons and daughters, to heed your voice and hold fast to you. May we never tire of our mission to stand up for those who have no voice of their own. And may we resolve to remain solidly united in the defense of all human life and never tire of choosing life and rejecting death so that we may enjoy the abundant blessing of life with you forever. In this we pray, amen. Thank you, Your Excellency. Our next speaker, Brandy Meeks, is with the president of Vitae Foundation. Brandy has an impressive background as a leader in defending life in America. To learn more about her work, go to the Vitae Foundation's website and find out everything you want to know. Websites are that way. But in the meanwhile, Let's listen to Brandy Meeks and welcome her to our event. Hello, everyone. How great is it to be at the first Midwest March for Life in a post-rural America? But here's the thing. We know that evil shapeshifts in order to stay relevant. And the abortion industry has done just that with chemical abortion, also known as the abortion pill. Sorry, thank you, I'm short, guys. Can you see me out there? I wanna share a story with you today that I've shared at a few events lately, but I wanna share it again because I believe the enemy would love for nothing more than for me to stay quiet about this, to stop talking about this. Friends, parents, grandparents that are out there, you know the abortion industry is actively grooming our children and young people. I'm so thankful that you're here today, but I need you to know that the abortion industry is also actively, desperately pursuing you. My 15-year-old daughter and I recently went to Austin, Texas for a wedding. And while we were planning that trip, I came across some information about the South by Southwest Festival. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is, um, it's a conference type setting for creatives in every space, including film and music, technology. They wanna talk about social issues. They have about 50,000 people who attend each year. 
including some of your favorite film characters you might recognize. How about Robert Downey Jr. who played Iron Man, or perhaps you've heard of William Shatner or Michael J. Fox. Or for our younger people out there, how about Nick Jonas? I searched and I found several pro-abortion workshops and a screening of a new film called Plan C, and I was intrigued. What if I could go do some opposition research? Because at Vitae Foundation over here, we're all about research. I asked my daughter if she was up for an, an adventure, and she said yes. She wanted to go hear about some pro-abortion messaging so we could see how we could overcome it. And friends, I can't possibly share with you everything that we learned in those meetings. But let me tell you a little bit about the Plan C film that we saw. It's a film about an abortion organization that's increasing in popularity. It's founded by a woman named Francine Couteau, and I want you to hang on to that name for a minute. It's going to be important. Francine is also the co-founder of Pro-Choice Alliance for Responsible Research. She served on the Population Council for New York and California's Advisory Committee on Cloning. Google her name if you dare and you'll follow a very dark path. This film was a documentary and they interviewed the volunteers and the staff that are filling the abortion pill orders for women. Now, please keep in mind, Plan C is not a distributor of the abortion pill. They're merely a connector for the abortion pill facilitators. Now, Francine, keep remembering her name, was shown in this film going to college campuses and, and sticking abortion pill um, Plan C stickers so that people could find out how to order the abortion pill. She's putting them in, on college campuses. She's putting them on the bottom of mirrors. Um, she's putting them on the, back of or on the back of toilet paper dispensers so that maybe the janitors won't see them. And then there was a small Bible on top of the paper towel dispensers that had been placed there by the Gideons. And Francine opened that Bible up. She looked right at the camera, and she said, if they can do it, we can too. And she placed that abortion pill sticker right inside the copy of God's Word. And it took my breath away. I felt physically ill, and I know as hard as I tried, I squirmed in my seat as I was trying to not be recognized in that theater. And after the film, we stepped outside back into the daylight, and I felt released by the darkness that I had encountered in that dimly lit theater. But just as quickly as I had that feeling, someone leaned into me and handed me a piece of paper, and she said, join us for an after party to discuss the issue more. We need more young people. And she nodded to my 15-year-old daughter. And then I prayed. I prayed for protection. I prayed for wisdom, and I prayed for courage for the both of us. And we drove to the location, and we soon took our seats to listen to the panel that was going to share about their post-row strategy. And then, friends, I felt it again. That heaviness that I had experienced in that theater whenever Francine had placed that abortion pill sticker in that Bible, I couldn't understand that feeling I felt, but it was similar, and it just fell off. And in that moment, someone slipped into the seat on the other side of my daughter, and it was Francine. She leaned to tell my daughter, hi, and smile, a grandmotherly-type smile. And keep in mind, there were other empty chairs in the room that she could have sat in. But it felt like she had perfectly positioned herself right next to the youngest person in that room. And as much as it made me uncomfortable, because it did, 
my daughter leaned in, she locked eyes with me, and I could tell that she knew about the dangers that were sitting beside her. She recognized Francine for who she was. And in that moment, I wondered how many daughters that woman's organization had stolen from their mothers through abortion. And I closed my eyes and I prayed that God would protect us and use us to expose the evil. And about 15 minutes further into that conversation, Francine slipped out because someone wanted to talk to her. And when she did, she slipped out of that room the same way she had slipped in, quietly and undetected by most. The same way the culture of death has creeped into many of our lives and we don't even realize it's sitting right there beside us. But friends, when we recognize it for what it truly is, we have the power to change things. And that's what we're here to do today. We recognize that even though abortion is, is not happening with surgical abortions here in Missouri, the abortion pill is. And so our job isn't finished. We're not done yet. With your help with events like today and activism framed around the, the verse that is themed for this event, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be alert and stand firm in the faith. Be brave, be strong. With that, we can build a culture of life to truly make abortion unthinkable and show Francine and the entire abortion industry that we're done. We're done with their deception. We're done with their intent to steal our children and our way of life, not just here in Missouri, but in our great country. I leave you with this challenge. Friends, if you remember nothing else, especially young people, love people enough to tell them the truth, the truth about abortion. And if you want more information and resources on how to do this, how to do this with a pro-woman approach, how to do this in love, I encourage you to follow Vitae Foundation on social and subscribe to our email so together we can build a future where abortion is truly unthinkable. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. Am I on? Good morning. We are the Missouri Miracle. Now, I'm pretty sure that I heard the most excellent Bishop McKnight say something like this. This is the first march post Roe v. Wade. Let's go. Two years ago, we asked God to do it in a year. He took two. We're so grateful. Since the pandemic, I've made the decision that anytime I have the opportunity to speak to young people, I'm going to speak to them like I may not be here next year. I plan to be here next year. So I love all of you, and all of you have contributed to the Missouri miracle, but I want to talk to our young people. You see, your elders frame the vision of righteousness and justice, but the young people are the ones that always get it done. And the fact of the matter is that wickedness, willful, profound wickedness, is bringing destruction upon your generation. 
Plan C has been designed for the utter annihilation of humanity. That's the plan, to cut off population. And so I have made the decision today to actually turn it over to one of my great friends, my brother, but I want to leave you with this. Second Chronicles 16.9 says that God's eyes roam to and fro every morning seeking those whose hearts are committed to him. And when he finds one of those hearts, it says that he shows up strong for them. It says that he supports them strongly. And that God is real. That God made the computer that is in our heads, and that computer is made of meat. God is real. And that same God has flung each of you young people into this exact moment on the timeline. He flung you from his imagination. He flung you from his perfection. He created you from his love. And he intentionally placed you here now to end wickedness. He is a God of the impossible. The Missouri miracle was an impossible vision. But because our hearts were strong towards him, he honored it. And he's honoring strong hearts all across the country. Young people, you are the saviors of humanity. You have been placed here with unique gifts crafted from a perfect God. Young people, you can do anything. You're here because God has placed you to end wickedness in this arena. And so let us tell you that we are for you, that we believe you. We don't believe what the media says about you. You are the pro-life generation. You are the pro-woman generation. And we are here to make your miracles come true. It's your turn. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to my dear brother in the quest, Brett Atterbury. He is the CEO of an important thought leadership marketing group that is changing the way we reach women. It's heroic media. He is a hero, and I've decided to turn the rest of my time over to him because he has something important to share with you. Thank you, Bridget. Good morning, everybody. I'm coming here from the great state of Texas. Another wonderful abortion facility-free state just like here in Missouri. Praise God. But brothers and sisters, we in Texas and every other state in this country owe you a great debt of gratitude because you solved what I call the 93 to 8 problem. What is the 93 to 8 problem? You may not be aware of this, but in every city across this country, 93% of women are aware of that brand name, Planned Parenthood. On the other hand, in every city across the country, 8% or less of women are aware of the brand name of their local life-affirming pregnancy centers. Brothers and sisters, this is a problem because it leads to what I call the 9 out of 10 problem. What is that? Out of every 10 women that seek an abortion, 
nine of them end up going through with an abortion, except in the state of Missouri. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because not only did Missouri put together, you all put together, an amazing defensive plan, defending the preborn through amazing legislation, defending the preborn through amazing culture initiatives. And as important as those things are, they're not enough to win against Planned Parenthood. So you, through your support of Thrive, also put into play an offensive plan. What do I mean by an offensive plan? Through your support of Thrive, Thrive began running advertisements, amazing advertisements, reaching women everywhere all the time so that those women knew about Thrive, began to prefer Thrive, and here's the key, before they ever faced an unexpected pregnancy. It's so important, I want to say it again. They learned about Thrive before they ever faced an unexpected pregnancy. So that if and when they did face an unexpected pregnancy, who do you think they called first? Not Planned Parenthood. They called Thrive. So this is so important. Our mission at Heroic Media is to partner with Thrive. We want to take the Missouri miracle where you all, all of you here were the trailblazers. We want to take that to every country. We want the Texas miracle, the California miracle, the New York miracle, the Pennsylvania miracle. You put the name of the state in front of the miracle. We want to do that state by state. Add all of those up until we get to, praise God, the American miracle, that 9 out of 10 number that's currently in favor of Planned Parenthood gets turned around in our favor. And God willing, someday 10 out of 10, 10, out of 10 women choose life because they know of the life-giving options that were available to them. So please, in our mission, pray for us. I continue to pray for you because as Brandy said a second ago, we have this new, it's not new, but we have this threat that's becoming even more of a threat, chemical abortion. It affects every state. It's absolutely essential that we win the hearts and minds of young women, that they know what's available to them before they ever face an unexpected pregnancy. So please continue the fight on offense and defense here in Missouri. We'll take that to other states, and God willing, we will win this war, make abortion unthinkable. All women around our country will know what's available to them, the love and compassion of those local, life-empowering pregnancy centers. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Brett. So how are we doing so far? Good program? We're gonna bring, we're gonna ramp up the energy even just a little more with our next speaker. He is the lead pastor of Soma Community Church here in Jefferson City. I'd like you to help me welcome Pastor John Nelson. Good morning, Missouri Right to Life. How are you? There we go. There we go. I am so blessed to be with you on today. Uh, I'm not sure what they were thinking. They only gave this Baptist preacher five minutes, so I'm going <laughs> to get right to it. Amen? Amen? 
When I look at the Bible, I read it every single day, and I know many of you do too. There's something that I hope you put on this morning that I got to put on when I got up. I, I get up at four in the morning before most of the birds are up, and when I'm up at that morning, I'm going through my devotional, and I got to Ephesians 6. Anybody read Ephesians 6? Okay, some of y'all haven't read it. Read it tonight. It's for free, okay? When you get there, you're going to get to a part of the scripture that talks about the armor of God. Everybody say armor of God. And the first piece of armor that you put on every single day that you should put on is the belt of truth. So I came here this morning to speak to you about truth. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do because I come from the black church. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Oh, y'all got to speak up louder than that. Say, neighbor. You got the truth. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, you got it too. If you were to look at a Christian soldier, the first piece of armor they put on is truth. It's the part that braces, that girds for us big boys that holds our pants up as we move forward, right? And so truth is the epitome of the gospel of Jesus Christ himself. In Christians, our guidelines and our honor come through truth. And well, this preacher just doesn't want to just talk about the, uh, the belt of truth, but wants the believer to know what to put on. And so first of all, you have to know that Christ is truth. Amen? Amen? Christ is truth, and the believer is to put on Christ. John 1 and 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and the flesh dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. But the second is that the Word of God, this right here, is truth. Say truth. truth. Say it like the people inside can hear us. There we go. Because the believer, the word of God is sanctified. We are sanctified by the word of God. That means you should be digging into it. It is for free, people. If you don't got a copy, drop by my church. I'll give you one, okay? But you, sure, you are sanctified by the word of God. In John 17 and 17, it says, sanctify them by truth. Your word is the truth. We have the truth. When we talk about this, when we talk about abortion, when we talk about right to life, we have truth. The reason we win this argument is because we have truth. Oh, y'all catching on now. Everybody wake down, huh? Listen, when we wake up in the morning, we wake up rooted in truth. When we look at our Father, we know that He is the one who brings truth. When we look at the Son, we know that He is the epitome of truth. We look at the Spirit, He fills us with the truth. You got the truth if you are filled with Christ. But thirdly, speaking of the, the living the life of truthfulness, you go to Zechariah. Zechariah 8 and 16 says, These are the things that you shall do. You shall speak truth to one another, render in your gates judgments that are true, and make for peace. We want to win this argument. We want to win this battle. This is a battle for truth. Amen? Amen. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but by principalities and spirits of the air. We are fighters for truth everywhere we go, in everything we do, every time we stand up, every time we move forward. There are things that are just true. Let me give you an example. This morning, I had a young lady tell me of the college that's here in town that she had never been to Central Dairy. I told her immediately, you need to repent. I'll take you there this afternoon. <laughs> if you ain't been to Central Dairy, make sure you've been the corner on the way by before you leave town today. But listen, that is the truth when it comes to ice cream here in Jefferson City. It don't get better. Now, some of y'all got that cold so money, and God bless you, you got that. But the rest of us, normal folks, we go to Central Dairy. Why? Because it's the truth. 
When we look at anything in our life, it's the truth. If we are living on the word of God, we are standing on the word of God. We are rooted in the things of God. And listen, as I take my seat, I want you to know that there are several things that you can fight for when it comes to this battle. You must stand on truth. Even when it's inconvenient, you stand on truth. Even when your senator or, or, your, or your representative that is a part of your political party refutes you, you stand on truth. Even when your, your friends say, hey, that's not too far. You stand on truth. You always stand on truth. And the truth supports the believer in battles through that trial of life that you will go through. You see, we serve a good God that gives us truth. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but, uh, but by me. So because of truth, Moses was able to cross the Red Sea with the Israelites. Because of truth, Joshua was able to go around the walls of Jericho and help them to come down. Because of truth, Naaman was healed from his leprosy. Because of truth, David was able to slay Goliath by one smooth stone. Because of truth, the man came 40 to, uh, one man came 40, generation, uh, 40 and two generations to this world, born to a wo woman named Mary, and his name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, and we call him the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Truth in our life. And because of truth, Lazarus is able to get out the grave. Because of truth, we can win this battle, and because of truth, he went to Golgotha, walked up, hung on an old rugged cross, died, but that wasn't the end of it because Sunday was still coming, amen? amen. And when Sunday came and the truth got up, the truth walked out that grave. The truth walks among us and through his spirit and power that he gives you right now. Because of truth, one of the thieves that were hung next to him stood with him in paradise, and because of truth, you and I, you and I can win this battle as we fight for it. And so I just say this morning, we have the truth. You got the truth. Your neighbor got the truth. Your mama, if she believes in Jesus, got the truth. And listen, glory, glory be to hallelujah that God gives us the truth on today and that you can walk in that power, that truth, for his honor, his glory, and your joy. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Our next speaker, Susan Klein, is the Executive Director of Missouri Right to Life. This is a website that should be saved as a favorite in everyone's browser. If it's not, go home and do it right away. Right now, though, let's welcome Susan Klein. Good morning, pro-life Missourians. Good morning. Hey, uh, where were you at 3.30 this morning? Were you awake? Were you in your bed? Were you getting up? Um, let me just share the legislators, and I was here till 3.30 uh, this morning. The Senate was working on uh, the budget. Missouri Right to Life is your pro-life boots on the ground. We have been uh, around since the beginning, uh, since Roe came about. Uh, and turned our nation upside down for evil. Uh, and as of last year, obviously, we are a, a pro-life pro state, the first state in the United States to ban abortion. <laughs> so it, it's been a long road. It's been, uh, you know, ups and downs and challenges. I'm going to share with you today a little bit of, of the past, of what we've accomplished, but also about the future. And, uh, you know, our work is not done. 
And we have to maintain and, and be constantly on guard with what's happening. Satan is always coming to take away uh, the, the, the forward steps that we have got in protecting unborn babies uh, and saving moms from the deceptions of the abortion industry. And thank you, Pastor John and Bishop, for giving us a foundation and reminding us that our foundation, first and foremost, is God's Word. So I just want to I, I build on how we have been praying over all these years uh, to get to where we are. Um, you know, Missouri Right to Life has worked on uh, over all these years, uh, since 1974, as we came together and organized as a group of pro-life people from across the state, multiple groups, multiple people, multiple communities, people sharing and working uh, in your own communities to, to make sure that people understand how valuable life is. Uh, from this work that we have all done together, uh, we have been able to put in place over 52 pro-life laws. Now, Missouri Right to Life has, uh, you know, we work in, in education. We work to make sure that people understand, uh, you, know, what, uh, you know, what we have available to you. Uh, we've worked with uh, the legislators uh, on alternatives to abortion funding, Show Me Healthy Babies funding. Uh, there are several other pieces that are trying to work through the process right now. Uh, but, you know, we've worked all these years uh, to get to the place that we were able to be the first state to ban abortion in Missouri. Uh, in the United States. So uh, those 52 laws, I'm a little biased. Yes, we have, we have our education arm and we have our political action committees, but we also have our legislative arm. And I'm very proud uh, to be a part of Missouri Right to Life. I'm proud that all of you participate when the call goes out for action to contact legislators and let them know uh, that you mean, you, you mean business. You want them to protect unborn babies and protect these moms from the deceptions of the abortion industry. So last year, we were at National Right to Life uh, when the Dobbs decision came down on June 24th, 2022. And, you know, it was a praise. It was a time of celebration. And we weren't sure exactly what was going to happen after that. When we go back to the states, of course, we saw at the moment, uh, just right after it happened, you know, Missouri was front, front headline news on Fox News. Uh, but what, what was going to happen in our states when we came back? Were people going to become complacent again and let Roe versus Wade happen all over again? Or were we going to stand up and fight because now the fight is ours? The fight is in Missouri for us to protect life. We've seen uh, in the last uh, election cycle in November of 2022, we saw several states lose their rights uh, and abortion went into their constitution. That is something that we do not want to happen in the state of Missouri. So we are, we are working, we've been working for over a year. We did some training last November. Uh, we knew that the pro-abortion uh, forces were gonna come our way and they have. They filed initiative petitions, 11 of them. Uh, we did training last November for when these initiatives would be filed uh, on what we do to counter them when they come. Missouri Right to Life has a strategic committee. We've been working on this, and there is a, a lot more to come from Missouri Right to Life. We've been your leader on legislation. We will be your leader uh, in this battle to defeat these initiative petitions. Um, if anybody or any state in the United States can defeat these initiatives, it is Missouri. We will stand up and we will protect our Missouri Constitution from outside monies coming in here to try to buy our Constitution, 
to kill babies and deceive women. So we will fight that process. One of the ways that we're fighting that process now, and I invite you to visit our table, we have papers for you to deliver to your senators. Uh, there is a bill in the, US, in the Missouri Senate that uh, basically says that if uh, you're going to do an initiative petition in the state of Missouri, it is not, no longer going to be just a simple majority to change our Missouri Constitution. So we're looking at uh, the simple majority, but we want to add to it uh, congressional, a majority of congressional districts. So five out of the eight congressional districts, you would also have to win uh, in addition to the 50.01 uh, to change our Constitution. And that does several things. It's no longer just Kansas City and St. Louis that are deciding how you and I are going to live, how you and I are going to value uh, life or devalue life. Kansas City and St. Louis doesn't get to do that by themselves. So we want the entire state of Missouri, every voter in the state of Missouri, every pro-life Missourian, to be able to have a voice if our Missouri Constitution is going to be changed. And we invite you to let your senator know that you want that done and you want it done this week. If not this week, there's two weeks of legislative session left. And we need to make sure that our senators know that we want to protect our Constitution. And they're working on that. I believe they're going to do it, but they need encouragement from you. They hear from the other side, but they also hear from us. They hear from Missouri Right to Life. So we just encourage you to get involved. And thank you so much for coming today, showing the people in the House, your house uh, of government, uh, that pro-life Missourians are not going to sit back we are going to continue to work. We are going to be stronger than we have been ever before because the decisions now are up to us. So thank you for coming today. Be sure and visit our table. Look at our website. Uh, join us in our fight. Uh, we'll have a lot of information on our website coming up and, and several new meetings coming up as well. So we encourage you to get involved. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do in your communities and all the groups. Yay, pro-life Missourians. Woo! Thank you, Susan. Anybody here proud to be from Missouri? Do we have any of our great Missouri State Senators or legislators out here in the crowd? I thought that I saw Jill Carter, Senator Jill Carter. If you're here, please stand up so that we can recognize you and thank you for standing up for life. They're shy. Well, we do have a state legislator up here on the platform with us, and she's going to come and share some information with us. Please welcome state legislator Hannah Kelly. Good morning, Missouri and Midwest Advocates for Life. It's so exciting to see you all here today advocating for the protection of innocent lives and their mothers and their families. Thank you for walking out your commitment to life today and every day. It is my honor to work alongside you in the Missouri House helping to champion the cause for life in our great state. If we don't protect the unborn lives, we don't protect our future. And that's really what it boils down to for me at the end of every day. And I'm grateful to be a teammate alongside you in that cause. We were the first state to protect life after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I know that collectively we're all very proud of that. And we will continue to guard it steadfastly to keep Missouri a pro-life leader. But we have one problem before us, a question 
that will be on the ballot to attempt to add abortion on demand to Missouri's state constitution. They're trying to undo the great work for life that you, collectively, we, have done here in this great state of Missouri, and their quest to enshrine abortion in Missouri's constitution has begun, and it will soon take center stage. If passed, it would give Missouri one of the most extreme abortion regimes in the country. If passed, it will endanger the health and safety of women across Missouri. If passed, it will allow painful late-term abortions, including right up to the moment of birth for virtually any reason. If passed, it will remove the rights of parents to be involved in their children's key decisions on abortion, gender reassignment, and so much more. But it will not pass because we won't let it. We are organizing to defeat this ballot question. We, us together, are organizing, and today is proof of that, to stand for life and educate Missouri voters to vote no on this awful ballot question. We're building a coalition to unify the many groups throughout Missouri so that we can speak more loudly with one voice. We can use the same talking points and the same messages to repeat the resounding opposition that exists across and in every corner of this state. The opposition will get sneaky. They'll get creative. They'll seek to confuse as they seek to destroy. We know this, but we know that we will unite together to stand alongside each other, to educate our friends and our families and the general public to see this for what it is. It is an effort to bring death and destruction to the future of Missouri, and we won't allow it on our watch. We will tell them to vote no on the ballot question, and we will unify, and we will be heard, and life will win by God's grace and our hard work. You'll be hearing more about our efforts very soon and how you can join us. We must stand together to outwit the opposition and outwork them. We must stand together to call the opposition out for what they are seeking to do. You'll be seeing more about our pro-life ballot coalition very soon, and let's continue what you are doing here today, and let's take what is here today, and let's take it to a victory in the coming days, and let's make sure that we continue to be the beacon for life in our country here in the great Show Me State. Thank you very much. We live in a time when it's in a pretty easy uh, joke to make fun of a politician. And there's a lot of um, stereotypes that people meet. Well, that's just what it is. It's a stereotype because I'm pretty darn proud to have a legislator like Hannah Kelly representing us and so many more who are here today. And to me, they represent hope. There's hope for our state, hope for our country, and we, we really need to continue to elect people as great as she. Our next speaker, soldier, soldier, surgeon, sister. That is how she has come to be identified from coast to coast, as she has tirelessly spoken out in defense of the unborn. She clearly defined her position on life when she said, I'm not just pro-life, I'm pro-eternal life. Please help me welcome Sister Dee Dee Byrne. Thank you. Thank you all for inviting me. I'm, um, she said I'm a, a general surgeon, so I'll be speaking to you briefly uh, with two lenses. 
one as a religious sister and one as a medical doctor. Um, and so, but I would like to start with a prayer in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, inspire me. Love of God, consume me. To the true path, lead me. Mary, my mother, look down upon me. With Jesus, bless me from all evil, from all illusions, from all dangers, preserve me. Amen. I have to thank Kathy for inviting me. I'm really honored to be here. I actually live in Washington, D.C., and I know you're probably thinking, can anything good come from D.C.? <laughs> and I know we are all thankful to God for the decision of, Roe v. of the Dobbs-Jackson um, law that brought the end to Roe v. Wade. It's hard to imagine a law that allowed over 50 million souls ripped from the womb of the mothers, mortally wounded. But with that would be 100 million more spiritually wounded, that is, the mothers and the fathers. We speak often about the mothers, but the, there's a father involved in this too. And these parents made the deadly choice to end the life of their child. Praise God, this satanic law is now over. But the fight to save lives is not over, but rather a new chapter has begun. Our fight now is to change hearts, one soul at a time to pray away this satanic infestation that has permeated the world. I don't know if you know, but in Massachusetts this weekend, at the Boston Marriott Hotel, the largest satanic gathering is, is happening in, in the history. And guess what? All the tickets were sold out about four or five months ago. The bishops in the archdiocese, Cardinal O'Malley especially, is, is begging for prayers especially this weekend, so please offer up your prayers for this. It's a demonic confession that has started, and it is permeating the world. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I have to show a little, tell a little few things here. The topics of this, of this conference is deconstruction of your religious upbringing, sins of the flesh, Satanism and self-pleasure, reclaim the trans body. This truly confirms that the trans movement is just an open door for the evil one to destroy the family, like so many other issues. Yet it is important for us to speak truth, and that we've been hearing that's the theme today, is to speak truth with love, as the pastor had mentioned, especially those who are steeped in mortal sin, to help them, to guide them to Christ. And I know this is not easy, but speaking truth with love is most loving. Many, many heroes are praying worldwide to prayerfully protest, for example, in the 40 Days for Life, thanks John Carney and David B. Wright for their forward work, and also the March for Life here in Missouri. We will never stop praying until every life is considered valuable. Both our babies in the womb and our vulnerable who are being euthanized, and you see down here a poster of Sister Philip Marie Burley, a close friend of ours, who was murdered in St. Charles, Missouri. Many risk their lives and reputation to pray in front of the baby murdering mills. And that's our sidewalk counselors and our advocates. So thank you so much. Heroes like Mark Hauk, Paul Vaughn, Father Fidelis, who's still in prison, and Donna, Donna, Dr. Monica Miller, many more. There's many in prison right now who, are, who have prayed in front of abortion mills and have been arrested. So keep them in your prayers. And since when has the FBI become the watchdog protecting abortion mills that murder and dismember our youngest citizens? And call each one of us terrorists because we believe in a loving God 
and feeling and are called feeling in our own way to be his instrument of saving life as one soul at a time. And whether it's our babies or, or our elderly being harmed by euthanasia. And every day something new is occurring in this broken world that is adding fuel to the battle between Satan and our dear Lord. Where is the source of this horrific insult that's causing many casualties, both physically and spiritually? I believe the ground zero of this, of this satanic infestation is our mother's womb, that are being, is the ground zero. And I happened to be uh, in Manhattan when the towers fell, and I was there at the base that afternoon giving coal, uh, fuel, uh, food and water to our firefighters, so I saw firsthand the devastation of evil. And this evil in the mother's womb is like a still pond that a stone drops and ripples out. And from that evil comes other things in our society, fatherless families, broken families, the transgender ideology, contraception, and so much more. And now our Catholic teens who stand, you guys out there who stand. There was a student in, um, in uh, DC who was wearing a pro-life cap and he was kicked out uh, for that pro-life hat another high school student in Canada. He was arrested for saying that there are only two genders, male and female. And that was in a Catholic school. He was handcuffed and kicked out. And our mandates of the gene therapeutics from a virus that's about two years old now, where people are still losing their jobs and much more if they don't follow the government mandates. Thankfully, the government is now saying that it will no longer be a mandate starting May 6th. But the vaccination for children is really not necessary. It just causes injury. And this, a lot of injuries are going to be coming out now. The FDA had covered up a lot of this pharmaceutical com uh, companies, which I treat, myocarditis, the rise in infertility and miscarriages in our young mothers. And the data is out there, and it will be coming out. And all these are pro-life issues. And now the churches, they closed during COVID. And, and during Holy Week, uh, I'm, a, I'm a military, I'm a retired officer in the Army, and our church at Walter Reed was, um, thank you, uh, was closed, started closing at, during Holy Week. So our soldiers who are injured, who are serving out there while we sleep at night and they don't, will not have a Catholic priest because they've ceased and deceased the Catholic services. Archbishop Broglio is fighting that good fight. So that means that we have no priest for our so troops. And in so many ways, in very difficult time, we are very difficult times in our healthcare, including the recent administration to allow pharmaceutical corporations for the abortion pill, which is also the chemical pill or RU486. Now they're allowing it to be telemedicine. And then that means, I'll give you a little medical history here. Uh, first of all, the, the pill was rushed 20 years ago without any proper evaluation and safety to the mother. There's a 30% rise in, in injuries for the mother. You know, 5% surgical abortion, 30% chemical abortion, 20% um, chemical abortions, and 70% of our abortions are now chemical. So we know it's deadly for the child. And also because of its telemedicine, you can't tell if there's an ectopic pregnancy. You cannot tell if the baby's in the first trimester. And you don't know the ABO com compatibility, that's a blood type, that if a mother is negative, that she could cause further injury in her future babies. This is really malpractice in our government. 
And I'll quote Ephesians 6 that was mentioned by the pastor earlier, 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. And so, my dear friends, my family, it is critical that we step in front of the abortion mill that we are deeply rooted in prayer. We must be in the state of grace. I have never seen Satan incarnate as I do when I pray in front of these clinics, at least in DC, they're not too nice to us. Don't you agree? Not only the sidewalk escorts, but all the hecklers are there as we pray our rosary and they have some nice little hand gestures that they give us. So what, I, what do I mean by the uh, state of, of um, to be in the state of grace? Well, we couldn't be in the state of grace as Catholics if it wasn't for our dear bishop and all our priests who are persona Christi, they are Christ for us. They give us the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. They, they through Christ, forgives our sins. So that, like Joan of Arc, who when she was on battle and the soldiers were there, she always had a priest there so that they would uh, be in the state of grace. So if that sword pierced their heart and she knew her soldier died, she knew that he would go to heaven. And so that when you go to the abortion mill, don't go if you're not ready. Do not be, because it's a spiritual battle out there. And the other thing, too, is we have to fight this battle with humility and love. St. Philip Neri said, Lord, do not leave me for a moment. I cannot be trusted. That lastly, there's really nothing to fear but to lose Christ, and he will never leave us. Lastly, I'd like to just ask you to, part of this battle is to pray for our president and those in our church in the political office, and especially those who are pro-life in Thanksgiving, and those who are not standing for life in the tomb, and those elderly who are being euthanized. Remember, we are all pro-life and pro-eternal life, and we all need to go to heaven together, so we have to pray. We'll just close as I leave with the St. Michael prayer. St. Michael. Thank you, sister. Senator Jill Carter, you're here. Could you please come up so that we could recognize you and all of the legislators on your behalf and thank them for their hard work. I just want to, it was a late night here at the Senate, so I, I'm sorry for my tardiness, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that as I look out across, I, what I see is hope. What I see is not the spirit of fear. What I see is the determination to protect life. I, I think sometimes we get in this narrative, we've let people co-op our language who tell us we're not really pro-life because we don't believe in, in limiting poverty and all of these other things. And so abortion has become a way for us to mitigate some of our other social issues. And I say that is not the case. The case is that we are pro-life. And the reason why we are pro-life is because we do care about life in the womb first. Those other issues are issues that we need to continue to have conversations about. But this, we are, begins, life begins in the womb. If we don't care about it, then how can we have a further discussion about how to deal with some of these social ills? 
Thank you for being here. I want you to know that there are other people at the state capitol who, who appreciate the time, talent, and treasure that you give to, to ensuring that Missouri continues to be a pro-life state. And I thank you very much for your prayers and for your consistent steadfastness in this fight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Senator Carter. General George Patton once said, give me an army of West Point graduates and I'll win a battle. Give me a handful of Texas Aggies and I'll win a war. Our next speaker is a proud graduate of Texas A&M. That's good news for life, bad news for the culture of death. Please welcome Lauren Musica. That was the best introduction ever. Well, where I come from, this is how we start. Repeat after me, howdy. Anybody ever been to the great state of Texas? All right, we Texans love you all in Missouri. Well, once again, good morning, pro-life Missouri and pro-life friends of the Midwest. Happy post-row America. Can we give God another hand on that? Again, my name is Laura Musica. I'm a pro-life attorney, trained sidewalk counselor of more than 20 years, and I serve as the president and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We're the nation's largest sidewalk outreach organization. In short, we train, equip, and support people like you who have a heart to go to the darkest place in their community, the local abortion or abortion referral center, which is important here in Missouri. The abortion industry is still very much on the ground in the form of these abortion referral centers, so we need to be there. And as people like you have stood up and shown up, gone to these places and offered mothers in crisis, loving life-affirming alternatives, served workers and families, this is what we've seen. Just a couple weeks ago, we marked baby save number 20,000. Isn't God good? 20,000 babies saved. 86 eternal souls who have left the abortion business with the help and witness of sidewalk advocates. And we've now marked abortion facility number 23 closed for good. To God be the glory. Great things he is doing through all of you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for helping to overturn Roe versus Wade. And the reason that I can say that is because law follows culture and culture is the hearts of the people. And the courts are a reflection, a microcosm of the culture. And as all of you have chosen to pray, stand up, show up, advocate and educate, you help to transform culture. You help to transform the courts and you made a Supreme Court decision like this possible. You were the yes to God that ushered in this miracle that people for decades said would never happen. And here we are today, a witness of what God has done through your prayers and your yes. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Now, I don't need to tell you that we still have work to do. We've got dangerous, unregulated, mail-order, abortion-causing drugs being shipped to women from Mexico and India. 
We've got an administration that is hell-bent on turning our corner pharmacies into abortion pill dispensaries with seemingly no concerns about DIY abortions at home or the trauma that comes with such a regimen. We've got Planned Parenthood's recent announcement that they're deploying an abortion van that's going to travel around the southern Illinois border dispensing the abortion pill. And they soon plan, get this, they soon plan to do surgical abortions on the bus. We've got a predatory abortion industry flooding into cities, often small cities at the, at the border in pro-abortion states turning many of these salt-of-the-earth communities into abortion destinations or even abortion tourist areas, surely making the case for those of us in abortion-restricted states to maintain a presence at our abortion referral centers, to reach as many mothers as possible before the abortion industry, before Planned Parenthood gets to them and convinces them to take the life of their child across state lines. We've got 15 states that protect life with about 35 to go. And we've got to keep Missouri, the beacon of light in the heartland of America, pro-life. Amen? I am convinced that the overturning of Roe was 2022's gift to us. And what happens next? What each of us decide to do going forward is our gift back to God. And we at Sidewalk Advocates for Life are standing with you, joining you arm in arm, working to cover all uncovered abortion and abortion referral centers in America. We're even going to be training a group of online sidewalk advocates to scour internet chat rooms and connect mothers in crisis with real options and resources before they're tempted to order dangerous mail order abortion-causing drugs. Bottom line, our work is not done. Friends, mothers in crisis need you. Preborn children still need you. Broken and hurting families need you. Abortion workers need to hear the good news of eternal life. I encourage you to rise up and respond to the call that God has placed in front of you to be salt and light to a world in need. And friends, this was not in my notes this morning, but it's really on my heart to share this news with you. Some of us have it on good word that late-term abortionist Leroy Carhart, again, a famous abortionist in the Midwest and the Northeast, he is currently on hospice care. He is on his deathbed. He has helped to kill thousands and thousands of preborn children, wounding countless women in its wake. We need to pray for his conversion of heart. Amen? It is not God's will that even one of these be lost. And as somebody who works with former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson to win workers out of the abortion industry, many, with, many of them with one or multiple abortions in their past, I have seen beautiful conversions going from death to life. And I would love to see Leroy Carhart commit his life and his heart to Christ before he moves on to the next world. Yes. Can we all commit to doing that? Please clap if you're going to commit to praying for Leroy Carhart this week. Let's pray him to heaven. Amen. As we do this good work, gradually we will see post-Roe America become an abortion-free America.
Missouri and friends of the Midwest. We love you and we are all cheering you on. Keep going and God bless you. Thank you. Whoop. It's a whole other Texas Aggie thing. To say that our next speaker has a long history of defending life is an understatement. Sean Carney helped to organize the very first 40 Days for Life campaign, and along with his amazing team, has grown the campaign from coast to coast. In addition to trailblazing 40 Days for Life, Sean is a best-selling author and media spokesperson who has been heard across America and internationally. Now, please welcome Sean Carney. I am also a fellow Aggie, and shout out to General Patton. Great talk, Lord. Uh, I am also last, and so, as Henry VIII said to most of his wives, I won't keep you long. Um, look at what has happened just in the last year, now that we have entered a post-Row America. Look at what has happened. The Chiefs won another Super Bowl. God blesses those who are faithful to him, so congratulations. We have also seen so many in our culture make a logical decision that they would lose their mind and that they would become insane when it comes to this issue. And that has created so much division and hostility in our culture, and they have blamed you. They have blamed all of us for all the problems in the world. But you did not overturn Roe v. Wade, and I didn't overturn Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade because it was the Supreme Court who gave us Roe v. Wade. Women did not vote on abortion. We did not vote on abortion in 1973. It was an all-male Supreme Court that gave us this law that turned out to be nothing short of a disaster that cost us 64 million lives of little boys and little girls. It's the second time that the Supreme Court has dehumanized an entire segment of the U.S. population. And in 1973, it wasn't due to the color of their skin, but because of their size and location. And it is our hope, after that beautiful day, last June, that the Supreme Court gets out and stays out of the dehumanization business. This is such a great time in America because we can win this battle. We have abortion-free states. We have states that are essentially abortion-free. And if we can have abortion-free states, we can have an abortion-free region and regions, and if we can have abortion-free regions in the United States, we can have an abortion-free country. Because as we know, aside from sister, who we love dearly, D.C. is a cesspool. And thank God that because of what the Supreme Court did, it is leaving D.C., and going to where the pro-life movement is the strongest, which is here in the grassroots, where you have so many volunteers. And of course, things like 
40 Days for Life. Things like the pregnancy resource centers outnumber abortion providers five to one across America. A, a ratio that continues to increase uh, by the week as we see abortion facilities close their doors and go out of business. We've seen 138 abortion facilities close following 40 Days for Life campaigns, including, of course, the one uh, where 40 Days for Life first began in College Station, which now serves as the international headquarters for 40 Days for Life. But some of the most recent abortion facilities to close following a 40 Days for Life have been in San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, traditionally wonderful conservative Catholic pro-life cities. But what so many in our country want you to believe and want all of us to believe is that somehow what makes a woman a woman, what empowers a woman is nothing more than either A, her ability to get an abortion, or B, her ability to become a man. We don't believe that. We don't ignore nature. We don't ignore science. And we don't ignore God. And you have to ignore all three, all at the same time, in order to justify abortion. This is why we ultimately will win, because it is leaving the strength of the abortion movement, which is D.C., and it's going to the grassroots where we're the strongest, because it's not a cliche to say that women choose life because they have a change of heart and mind, or abortion facility workers have a conversion because of a change of a heart and mind. It is a fundamental reality, and it happens all the time. It's not uncommon for abortion facility workers to have a change of heart and leave their job. It's not uncommon for women to choose life. In Texas, where I live, the conservative estimate is that 100,000 babies have been born in the last 18 months since we first got the heartbeat bill and then the overturning of Roe. 100,000. Because women are not clamoring to have an abortion. They're not robots who are programmed to get on a plane and fly to California and have an abortion. We are winning hearts and minds in the grassroots. And we're winning because of what has been said so often up here, because we serve Jesus Christ. And that our faith, our reality check of being able to look at our own sins and clearly see the sins of the world, that forces us to be dependent upon him. And we have to be dependent upon him because this is spiritual warfare. And of course the satanic conference is sold out because abortion is satanic and the transgender movement is satanic. It's an attack on our goodness and our identity and our nature, as is abortion. And so of course the true light behind this is starting to come out, which is evil. The Supreme Court's trying to drag us out of 1973 science, and abortion advocates can't 
accept science. They can't recognize the biological reality of the unborn child because it is a requirement that they must dehumanize him or her. And so Satan is the option. The other option is to say that we've carried out one of the greatest and most devastating holocausts in the history of mankind. And they don't like that option. And so their true colors are coming out. That we serve ourselves. And if we don't serve God, we can play God. And if we can play God, we can dehumanize. And that is a lie. That is a lie. That is why the pro-life movement has grown since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. It wouldn't look like that to the media, but it has. We lost a number of 40 Days for Life locations for the best reason. Their abortion facility closed. But we gained so many U.S. cities in a post-Roe America because so many pro-lifers who were on the fence or on the sidelines realized that we're winning and that we can win and that we will have an abortion-free America if we pray and act and trust in God. That is possible. After the overturning of Dred Scott, Reconstruction was rough. A lot of people in our country wanted to go back to slavery. A lot of people. It was rough. It was very rough. And we know that history is a very harsh judge. And there are people in our country that are sprinting to be on the wrong side of history. And how wrong it is. What a massive cliff of denying the existence, recognizing the dignity of so many Americans because they're in the womb, while at the same time living in a state of schizophrenia and not allowing pregnant women on a roller coaster or doing surgery on unborn children. We cannot have it both ways. And that is why one side must prevail, and that is the side of life. That is the side that you represent. And when you go to your knees, and you pray, and you fast, and you trust God to use you to overcome the many challenges we have in a post-Roe America, the many challenges. But I will take those challenges because it means we're in a post-Roe America, and it means that this battle comes down to your willingness to trust God to use you to end abortion for good, and when America ends abortion, we will fulfill that beautiful prophecy by Mother Teresa when she said, if America goes back to her roots, she will end abortion. And when she in America ends abortion, the world will follow. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's fast. And let's have an abortion-free America. Thank you, Sean. As we move into the next phase, I have to ask for St. Monica Catholic School from Creve Corps to please come up here to the platform. And as they're gathering, I would also like to, to tell you that the Midwest March for Life volunteers who are stationed around the perimeter have backpacks to be given to you for free. So please make sure that you grab a backpack. It has lots of good information and, and goodies in it. And I would also like 
Father Viviano and Kathy Fork to come forward. The students of St. Monosco's Catholic School organized an all-school mass collection of baby items and suitcases, which were used to help expectant moms carry their belongings to their new homes and donated them, donated them to Our Lady's Inn. The students also attended the Office of Youth Ministries Gen Life Pilgrimage. They listened to speakers talk about the dignity of life from conception to birth visited the booths of over 20 organizations and learned about their pro-life missions. As a part of her Girl Scout Silver Award, one student, Cece Williams, chose to help families of babies who are born premature and need to spend time in the NICU by making care packages for them. Every grade in the school participated in a variety of pro-life projects, which included a winter wear collection for the homeless and dedicated rosary prayers for life. On behalf of the Midwest March for Life team and also team play, we want to present St. Monica the award of most pro-life school in Missouri for 1923. Congratulations. Oh, what did I say? You said 19. I'm back in the 19th century. 2023, you're gonna remember that, right? Thank, Thank you, you so Thank much. you very much. These kids look good for their age. So I mentioned earlier today that we have some sessions this afternoon, and right now I would like to uh, call upon the members who will be conducting the youth rally, Reagan Barklage, Catherine Glenn Foster, Hope Miller, Levi Hart, and Brett Atterbury to share a few words with you. We are the post-road generation! We are the pro-life generation! I'm Reagan Barklage. I'm the National Field Director for Students for Life of America, and I hope you can join our youth rally at 1 p.m. in the North Lawn. I want to celebrate the reversal of Roe v. Wade, but our battle is not yet won. Now we need to fight dangerous chemical abortion, which is coming to a campus, mailbox, or pharmacy near you. So let's get equipped so we can fight the good fight and abolish abortion once and for all. Thank you. Hi everyone, I'm Katherine Glenn Foster. I'm a constitutional lawyer from, like Sister Didi, the Washington DC swamp. I am also a mom and a post-abortive woman. And I want you to all come to the youth rally to hear my story of, um, of regret and of redemption. But I, I just wanna share something with all of y'all. Um, our motto this year is be alert, stand firm in the faith, be brave and be strong. And when the slings and when the arrows of this world are coming at you and the wickedness of the devil, I want you to be brave for life. Be strong and keep your focus for life because it just means that God's story for you is not over. Just like I prayed that God's story for Leroy Carhartt is not over. 
because as Pastor Nelson shared so powerfully, we are on the side of truth. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Hope, and I am simply pro-life. I know that God has a plan for each and every one of us and places us exactly where, we need, where he needs us. I come from the state of Illinois, which is the abortion capital of the Midwest, and I cannot tell you how honored I am to defend life in the state of Illinois. My goal is to eradicate abortion in the state of Illinois and then in America. This task seems gigantic and intimidating, but I believe that there is nothing that is impossible with God. It is now my goal to share simple ways to be pro-life by giving people the means and resources to do so. We need the help of our pro-life friends surrounding our border in Wisconsin, Indiana, Kentucky, and here in Missouri. Together, we will end abortion one baby step at a time. I'm excited to share more with you at the pro -life, uh, with the pro-life youth at the mid of the Midwest at the student session later today, which I hope to see you at. Today, we march in a pro-row America, but tomorrow, we march in a pro-life America. Thank you. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Levi Hart with Thrive Express Women's Healthcare. There's our, one of our sweet MMCs back there. There's my team shouting at you. Please go back there for a tour in the meantime, by the way. And I want to take a quick couple seconds to give two awesome women a round of applause. One is my mother, who chose life for me down there, Stacey Hart. And secondly is Kathy Fork, the organizer of this event. Let's give those women a round of applause. Amen. Thank you, God, for those women. You know, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And then it goes on to say in the word that what Satan means for, means for evil, God means for good. And we each have a story of how Satan's tried to steal from us, but God has come in and he's doing good things in our life. And if that's not yet your story, God wants that to be your story. Amen. And I have the chance today to share some of my story with you all, abortion being a part of that, and how organizations like Thrive, whenever they can come in and interrupt a story like mine, it can change histories and change futures. Amen? So thank you, and we look forward to seeing you all out there. Brett Atterbury, I was able to speak with you earlier, so I'll keep this very short, talking specifically to the young people. I'll tell you that when I was very young, I was on the other side of this issue. I believed in a woman's right to choose. I'd like to invite you to come and find out what happened to me and why I changed my mind, why I know pro-life is the right way, and why I'm so excited that you know things that I didn't know. Come hear the story. Thank you. So just a reminder for all of y'all, our rally, the youth rally, is at 1 o'clock on the other side of the Capitol on the Riverside. Find us over there. See you then. And that is not the only session this afternoon. I'd now like to call upon Mike Seibel from Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. Life is winning. And I'm going to tell you about it this afternoon at 1.15 with a, a, a man who is traveling from the most liberal place in the country, the county of Santa Fe, New Mexico, the town of Edgewood, Edgewood which at 1.32 last night banned abortion in Edgewood, New Mexico. 
becoming the sixth city in New Mexico, a blue state, to ban abortion. Mark Lee Dixon and I are going to tell you how you can protect your cities here in Missouri in case this referendum does actually get passed. We're going to tell you about Illinois, where we are starting sanctuary cities in Illinois. And we're going to tell you about a little town called Eunice, New Mexico, which filed a, a, a landmark case last week. Jonathan Mitchell, the legendary pro-life attorney, and I filed that case. And we're going to try to ban abortion in this country through the little town of Eunice, New Mexico. It's a no, not-miss event. You must be there. It's going to be incredible. We'll answer your questions. We'll tell you how to make your cities in Illinois and, and in Missouri sanctuary cities for life. How about a nice round of applause for all of our speakers? It was a sensational program. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Who's ready to march? Who wants the city to hear your voice? Okay, in order to do that, you have to follow some very specific instructions. Because we want to look like an army, an organized army. So, we have an order to how we are going to march. Please pay close attention. First and foremost in the march will be the cross, which was blessed earlier this morning, accompanied by fourth degree Knights of Columbus. And any priests who are present that would like to carry the cross are welcome to do so. Second, St. Monica School. They will be carrying the banner and they will be second in the line of procession. Then we will have the St. Helias Catholic School drum line. As I'm calling your names, hopefully you're starting to assemble and be ready for the march. There should be people down on the ground helping you to find where you need to be. Then the St. Helias Catholic School, followed by Immaculate Conception School from Jefferson City. And all other marchers and organizations. So, Cross, St. Monica, St. Helias Drumline, St. Helias School, Immaculate Conception, a balloon arch, hopefully we'll make the trip, trip with you with this wind, I don't know, and all other marchers and organizations. Thank you all. Let's let the city hear our voice. <laughs> 